Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 refers to the manifold grace of God given to the redeemed child of God. And we've defined grace as the ability that God gives his child in every situation or circumstance to respond to his will for our own good and for his glory. That ability is the divine life of Christ given to the believer. It is Christ distributing in us his gracious power, enabling us to will and to do God's perfect will. And this grace, the verse says, is manifold. That means grace, the riches of God's grace, is all around us. So, maybe what you need is patience, but you know, you don't want to just bite your lip and count to ten patience, right? Don't tap your fingers and strum your fingers, but you want that God-sized trusting the Lord Jesus in all things patience knowing that he works all things together for good and God can slow you down anytime he wants because he's the author patience. And you might want contentment in your life, but you don't want, better be happy with what you got or it could be worse contentment, right? You want, the Lord is all I need, contentment. You might want the grace to help you deal with your entangling sins, but I guarantee you, you do not want just sin management just find a good accountability partner who can preside over your life and maybe he'll just have to set up cameras in the house to make sure you're behaving, right? You don't want that. What you really want is you want Christ in you overflowing your life with his own integrity, purity and wholeness and overthrowing of the entangling sins in your life. You don't want to come to an agreement with your sins what you want is unconditional surrender that comes before the Lord of glory living in your heart, bearing the sword of the Spirit, putting to death the deeds that are done in the flesh. That's what you want. That's grace. That takes grace. So you and I are not going to get any of these things by ourselves. God is going to have to give all this to us. And these are the issues of grace. They are grace they're the grace of God offering up to us His own nature, imparting His own life to us, empowering us with His own power. What we need is grace from God, and what this grace is, is it's Jesus Christ pouring out His own life in us and over us. Go to John chapter 1, verses 14 through 17, and you'll see this picture of how Christ operates. It's His very being, His very life that is grace to us. John chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. Now listen to what He says. Of His fullness we have all received and grace for grace, or grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus offers himself up for us to pour out from his own life grace upon grace. What do we mean by that? He pours out upon us God's riches at Christ's expense upon God's riches at Christ's expense. 
He pours out upon us unmerited favor and then throws on top of that unmerited favor more unmerited favor. He comes to us and He pours out upon us the ability to respond to the will of God in any circumstance or situation for our own good and His own glory. And then upon that, He gives us more ability to respond to the will of God for our own good and for His glory. Grace upon grace. And it flows out from, it manifold expresses itself in all the diverse areas of our life from the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you need? What's the odds of your life? Did you say it today? Oh, I should have. I shouldn't have. Did you say it this week? Oh, the church needs. Did you feel that way at some point in time? What are the odds? They're not laws. They're not rules. They're not standards that you have to rise to to somehow gain God's favor for the believer who has Christ living within them. They're points of grace. The point at which God wants to enable us and empower us with His own life. There's something more hopeful and positive and good and glorious than a mere law. It's grace upon grace through Jesus Christ. Moses gave you the law. Christ has given you grace and truth. That's what you need. Grace and truth that comes from Him. The idea of manifold grace here is that it is plentiful. It's a plentitude of grace. It is overwhelming. It's provided for everything you need. It's for every person. It's in every place. It's in every circumstance. You can't miss it. It's there. You know, I know I've shared this dream years ago, at least in this church once, an illustration. It's an illustration of a dream I had when I was a little kid. When we were little children, my father had a church on Bainbridge Island, and after the evening service on Sunday evenings, we would go outside and we'd play tag outside, you know, all kinds of games. You'd run around and play tag, and there were a lot of little kids, and there was a gravel parking lot out there. And I had a dream one time when I was a little child that I was out there playing in that parking lot with the gravel parking lot, and I'd run away from kind of where the main light was to hide from kids, and I looked down upon the ground, and I noticed a nickel. Well, that's a pretty exciting thing for a little kid to pick up a nickel and put it in his pocket. But once I picked the nickel up, I noticed another nickel. And then I noticed a dime. And then I noticed a quarter. And then all of a sudden I realized that this parking lot that we'd been playing in every Sunday, it wasn't gravel. It was money, you know? And, you know, that's an exciting thing for a little kid. So I was just in my dream. I was just shoving my pockets full of all the coins that I was finding. We had been playing in this gravel tag and we'd never stopped to realize it was full of coins. And I was rich and... You know, you got to believe that I woke up with a smile on my face after that dream. That was a great... I've never forgotten it. It's a great dream. You're living your life in the parking lot of life, going through the different situations and trials and struggles and some good, some bad of your life, and you hear the crunch of the gravel underneath your feet, and you don't know that what's underneath your feet is the grace of God. The coins of God's rich grace plentifully provided for you, available for you in every situation, in every circumstance, to obey the will of God for your own good and for His glory. How come we don't see people living by that grace more? It's available to us. It's all there. Why is it that we don't... Why is it that we see in our own lives and in the lives of the church and in the lives of other Christians oftentimes more than we see in our own lives just because we're blind to ourselves? Why do we see individuals failing and falling short of this grace, this manifold, plentiful grace? Well, I think you need to understand how it is that you pick it up, how it is that you grab it. It's rather profound. 
It's very simple, but it's rather profound. Before I give you the answer of how it is that you pick up this grace, could I just point out to you that the Lord Jesus himself was a recipient of grace throughout his life upon the earth? That everything he did was an expression of something that was, in this case, it wasn't unmerited favor. Don't get me wrong here. But it was the ability that God gave him in every circumstance and situation to live for his own good and the glory of God. It was that. Everything Christ did, he didn't do in his own power, by his own strength. Everything he did in dealing with temptation and in giving instruction and in encountering evil powers and bringing healing, bringing love, all these things were expressions of a grace that the Father, God, was pouring out upon his life through the Spirit. And so in John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus says, I can do nothing of my own self. Of my own self, I can do nothing. Verse 26, he actually says, As the Father has life in himself, so he's given to the Son that he might live in himself. He's given all this to him, that he might have life in himself. This is a picture of grace. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus receiving the manifold provisions of God for each and every day. The question is again, how did he do it? How did he receive all of that grace how do we receive this free grace? I'll tell you how it is. This is profound. Every grace of God must be received by faith. That's it. <laughs> Every grace of God has to be received by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace have you been saved. Salvation is a grace of God. Through faith. You took hold of that grace of salvation and became yours because you trusted God for it and you believed Him for it and you accepted it, you received it by faith. That's what faith is. The Bible says of the Lord Jesus, He came unto His own. He's the grace. He's the pure element of grace. He came to His own and His own received Him not. But to those who received Him, to those who believed on His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Belief. Believing is receiving. You can't take this grace unless you receive it, and you can't receive what you don't believe in. You've got to believe that God has this for you, that God is available for you, that, that everything that you need for a life of godliness is provided for you in His grace so that you can actually say that you are, as Peter says, a partaker of the divine nature. You can partake of everything God is for everything that you need. Do you believe that? Really? Before the odds of your life, do you believe it? You're going to have to because that's how you receive it. That's how you receive the grace. That's how you receive it in the first place. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, if you have, you saw your sin, you saw that there wasn't a solution for it, you saw that you were under the judgment of God and there was no answer for it except for what God had provided in His Son Jesus Christ and dying for your sins and rising from the grave and that He had come and He wanted you to put your faith and trust in Him and the salvation that he had already accomplished for you alone instead of trying to save yourself. A moment came when you accepted that provision and put aside everything that you were trying to do to provide for yourself. And you received the grace of salvation in that moment of faith. And the Christian life is lived on the same principle. It's like at that moment, the stone dropped in the middle of the pool of your life. And now the concentric rings of the reverberating expressions of the manifold grace of God are meant to sweep out until they fill all of your life. And at each point, they break open your life by expressions of faith on your part, receiving grace upon grace upon grace 
my grace. Giving you victory over the oughts in your life. When you do that, you can pick up Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and take it to yourself and believe it's true. There Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. The possibility really here is the possibility of living to the glory of God and our own good over the oughts of our lives. So do you really believe that God can save you from your sins? Not just the penalty of your sins, but the power of your sin as well? Are you trusting Him for that? Do you believe that He can be your all-surpassing portion? Do you really believe that He is, in and of Himself, enough for your life? Or is there something else that you think needs to be added? Do you believe that He's forgiven you? Do you really believe that He can handle your problems? When you're tempted, do you believe that He has a way and ought for your life? And do you also believe that He has the ability and the power to bring you into that? To obey and follow Him? Do you believe that He can change you from the inside out? Do you believe that He can even change your personality to reflect His own personhood? Faith. Faith lays hold of the grace of Christ's own life in order that that grace may lay hold of us and claim us and lead us forward. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the International Missions Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about how you can contribute to that work, go to traincpe.org and discover our Mission Church Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. Go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.